0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Solar View Podcast. My name is Tom Miller. I'm editor of SolarView Magazine and marketing director here at Baywa RE Solar Systems. Today, we're chatting with Guillaume Casanova from our commercial solutions desk about what's going on in the world of commercial solar. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about momentum, the momentum Guillaume's been tracking in the commercial segment. We'll talk about storage. We'll talk about integrators and, and what drives the economics of, of commercial storage. And we'll also touch on some supply chain uh, and shortages as well. So Guillaume, thanks for joining me. How's your week going so far?
1: Very good. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah. So let's dive in. Um, Let's talk about momentum. You know, uh, can you describe the momentum we've seen so far in 2021? Uh, While January was a good month, you know, we saw things slow down a little bit in February. So why don't you lay this out for us?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think every year overall, January seems to be a better month than we all anticipate because there's some spillover from Q4. And we saw that again this year, a little bit less than usual because, you know, the ITC was extended at the end of the year. So there was not the same uh, rush at the end of the year, therefore not the same spillover, but still a little bit of of, of spillover that, you know, made a good January. And February is always like the catch up moment for the industry. And it's also winter everywhere. So it, not everywhere, but in the part of the country where there is winter, mm-hmm. um, which is not California. <laughs> And and uh, you you so you see the developers installers not necessarily being able to go on roofs and delaying installation. So not only it's like we catch we catch our breath. There's winter, so there's less installations. So that creates you know a little bit of a of a lull moment. So it's a good mm-hmm. time for some people to take vacation. And then there's compounding effect. And this year, I think you know there was additional issues or factors. Right, you. Would, You'd seen um, the, what the people call I think the deep freeze or something
0: mm, in Texas, right? Texas, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so markets that usually would would contribute to our numbers or and for the industry overall. And this year we didn't we didn't get to enjoy it as much because for a full week, boy, they didn't have any power, right? So right, so they had bigger issues than than um, installing solar panels and and making sure the industry ran correctly. So overall, yeah, February was a bit slower, and commercial, you know, since COVID, uh, it's always been I guess the segment of the industry that didn't um, didn't do as well as the others, right? Where residential was. Um, Uh, you know, apart from April and maybe May a little bit where, you know, we're still trying to figure out, Hey, how does, how is the industry going to survive this uh, work from home situation and essential services versus not. And, and so that after May, it it went really well for residential and a growth in Q3, a a growth in Q4. Uh, For commercial, there was still growth and it still was good, but it was not as much as what the pattern for residential has been. Right. So you come from a, from a moment and a momentum of, of commercial that is not quite as good and then in, in q1 you get some of the projects that are delayed there's some some uh, weather events that we just talked about the itc was extended so people don't rush as much to install their their project so there's a little bit of many factors and and now it's getting it's getting better we see more interest from customers we've seen uh, good march numbers Uh, at least a good forecast and we're what first end of second week, first week of March. Right. So, you know, it's looking really good. There are more projects, there are more interest, there are more customers reaching out for quotes. There are more developers talking about needing financing, working on engineering, lining up procurements, looking at looking ahead for, what the product roadmap will be in two to three months. So we see that momentum. You know the the stages of, of how you plan a project. We see them go coming through us, right? And I think mm-hmm. last month uh, we was it last month? Yeah, it was last month we we hosted a webinar right. with the product roadmap, what to anticipate. We had JSolar, Solar, we had Solar Edge, and and Unirac on the call, and and there was a lot of interest from people. And and you know all that we talked about was what the future looks like for products that we will have or products that will be available for the industry. And so that's a good sign too. That's a good sign. Yeah. You know? And then it's, it's, it's pocket dependent, you know, like for example, very specifically in San Diego, for whatever reason, it takes weeks to get permits. Right. And so that's just the authority of jurisdiction, just not being as, as fast as it could be. Right. And so right. there's probably some COVID moments. There's probably a lot of other stuff, but um, that affects the market too, right? So that there's many different things and and but right now I think we're on a good good track.
0: Mm-hmm great yeah. yeah and if folks want to go back and watch or listen to that webinar we had with Unirac and Longi and um SolarEdge right um, they can go back and listen to that podcast on our magazine site and if folks are interested in getting into commercial projects and are interested in what Guillaume is talking about he is the one you should connect with and you can do that through our website uh, solar-distribution.com Guillaume i want to bring up something we talked about last month which was solar and green stocks you know we you were super bullish you know we're like yeah. these we're going Gangbusters! You know you were tracking the market for us. We were all really excited, and now, you know, some of the most famous names, you know, we've dropped thirty percent. So, are you still equally bullish? You know, what drove this correction, and how you feeling now?
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, I think nothing has changed. And if you if you look at um, at the news, right? So the stock there there are several things that makes a, a stock move, but a big a big reason why the stock move is what news you hear. And therefore, how does that change the outlook mm-hmm. for a company, for an industry, for a segment? And there are no news that have changed the outlook dramatically for the negative uh, for green stocks, solar energy in general. So, uh, and, and maybe the backtrack a little bit here, the, the reason why the stocks are going down is because the way you, you value stocks is you look at, uh, the discount rate, and you do what the people call it. One of the valuation method is the discounted cash flow valuation method. So you look at the discount rate, and you discount your future earnings, and you say therefore, if you add them at the next ten years of earning, the future earnings, and you discount them with the um, risk-free rate and and the inflation, then you get a certain value, right? And overall, in the past couple of weeks, three weeks maybe, you know, there's been chatter in in the markets that there's going to be inflation over the next uh, few years. And if there's more inflation, that means your discount rate is greater. Therefore, the value of your earnings is worth less today. Therefore, the stock goes down. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really what's going on. It doesn't change anything about solar, right? It's it's still the same administration that is very uh, green-oriented with the green act that they passed with the itc that they've extended already there are going to be the same amount of investments nothing has changed there's the same enthusiasm that the us has formally or or will be formally a a member of the the what is it the paris climate cards yeah right so you know nothing has changed it's just simply because there is inflation um what they call growth stocks are, are taking a bigger hit but it's the same for for you know, non, non-green non stocks that are also in that, what they call growth stock, right? All the tech industry, mm-hmm. the NASDAQ overall is, has turned a little bit uh, negative for the year compared to, you know, the, what people would call the value stock. So right. it's nothing to do with green energy overall. And and I actually, you know, this is no stock advice or whatever. We're, we're not that type of, of shop, but I think it's a good, it's a good time to just uh, buy again, because it's cheaper than what, um, it will be in the future so dramatically more cheaper than what it will be in the future right now
0: right yeah and if folks want to listen to more of that conversation that's it. that's in the last month's podcast feed let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about storage um yeah. you know w- what are you tracking there
1: yeah storage is of a high interest for us I and mean, first of all compared to last year i think you know an informal metric that right now we're seeing is there's about five to six x the amount of of proposals that we're generating. Mm. Um, There's a lot of interest from customers all across the country um, for various type of installations. You know, we have some in California for an agricultural packaging plant. Um, So without without giving up names, if you eat, uh, if you buy onions at Trader Joe or or Safeway, it's very likely that, that where we're looking at Um, A storage proposal is that farm or that packaging plant, sorry. Uh, There's one in the Northeast where we're thinking of um, we're working with a customer to potentially put uh, reduced demand charges for a hotel um, in Connecticut. So the, the demands is everywhere. There's a library in the middle of the country. There is... Uh, an off-grid project in the Caribbean. Right? So demand is there, people are coming to us. Uh, what we see is is still the same thing, though, is, hey, not everybody knows about storage. Um, the, the concept is sound and you know we understand it. You put your energy in your battery bank and you reuse it at a different time so that you reduce your electricity. Mm-hmm. bill. But it's a little bit more complex than this. You need to model it out. And, and we're seeing a, a lot of customers asking, hey, how should, how should I do this? What do, what do I need to use? What platform help me out? Um, you know, we take them through the stages of, of doing a, a commercial storage proposal. We show them how it would work, what to look for for future projects. So we're seeing a, a, a vast interest. I would call it vast, vast
0: mm. interest. Yeah, I like that. So is it, so time of use is the most, is the key factor for a lot of these projects. I'm not as familiar with this segment, obviously.
1: Yeah, so so that's one of them. That's definitely one of them. Uh, time of use um, helps a lot. There's There are many different ways. So if you look at the grid, there's about 13 different ways to to monetize revenue streams from the grid. Mm-hmm. And right now for commercial, there are five or six. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's demand charge management. There's peak shaving. shaving there's uh, time of use, like you're saying and um, then you can participate in the wholesale market so there's there's so many different uh, revenue streams that you can you can try to grab right
0: right and you can help guide interested parties through that process you can help pencil the project and you can also work with them on on how to to talk to to consumers right to the to the end user right
1: yeah, exactly. And and there are some quick tips that you can give them. You know, if your your electricity bill is not above thirty thousand dollars a month, it's unlikely that your system will be in, in the industry people say in the money, you know. Mm. If if it's not thirty thousand dollars a month, it's unlikely if your demand charges um, are not more than fifty percent of your utility bill, also that's that's maybe an orange flag or a pink flag. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and you, you want to be able to install a minimum solar size of 200 kilowatt. Anything under this, we wouldn't have a solution necessarily that, that would be favorable for customers, right? Because what we want to look at is you say, hey, we're going to install storage and we're going to save you we're going to save you money on your electricity bill for the next 10 to 15 years, however long the storage will be in play. Right. And then again, you take those cash flows that you save, you discount them, so same method. You discount them, and you say this is the value of the project. And we, you need to be able to get to at least seven to eight uh, percent return on investment for customers to to want to invest more time in learning about this, right? If if it's to save them two to three percent, you know, if your right. return on investment is two to three percent, it doesn't make quite much sense because you know, obviously, two to three percent if you compare to where you can put your money in savings accounts, it's much much better. But there is such a big educational step to take. Um, it's the first time. It's a big investment. You need to usually take a finance, take on financing from either your local bank or a new financing institution. So it's just paperwork heavy. You need to. You, you depend on a lot of people so you, you want to see a good return on investment right and yeah yeah it's, it's a risk reward factor right you take a certain amount of risk with installing a system so you, you definitely want to see a good reward right
0: mm-hmm. yeah great so let's talk a little bit about storage and the role of integrators uh, yeah. into this you know can you tell us more about you know what integrators are why they're important how how they drive the economics of storage
1: yeah i think i think that's the key part of storage overall it, it and what you really want to understand is is a, a CMI storage system is the battery, the inverters or the power electronics that enable you to, Convert, convert your current and then you have what people would call the energy management system where you're able to say okay when do we charge discharge the battery what do we do with it and how do we do it and mm-hmm. so there's three big big components the battery the inverter and the software component and the integrators are the people that integrate all three together mm. usually they're the software providers mm. and batteries inverters there is simply uh, you know, commodities providers, they, there's very little differentiation. I mean, obviously you want a product that works, right? But right. there's a lot of people that know how to do it that have a great brand out there that will produce a product that works. And it's very similar to the same other great brand that pro- that produces a product that works, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of differentiation in, in the battery and the inverter themselves, as long as they meet, you know, like tier one type a type of battery um, right. Requirements and so on and so forth, but there's a lot of value in the software on how you're going to discharge and charge your battery to take advantage of the revenue streams from the grid. Mm-hmm. And for the software to be excellent, you would want as many data points as possible. It all goes back to the network effect, right? These software leverage—they call it AI, machine learning. There's a little bit of this, but. It, essentially predictive analytics, right? Mm-hmm. They look at the past performance of not only the system, but also all the systems that have been installed and decide and predict, hey, according to past performance, this is how much electricity you're going to use in the in the next minute, in the next hour. And therefore, this is what we're going to do with your battery. So we maximize your investment. Mm-hmm. So the more data points, the better the software is and the more revenue or the more savings you get out of your storage system. And, and you see it out there, you know, not to, to mention names that compare, uh, but we work with STEM um, and we've compared the system to other softwares that will still nameless. But if you compare, you see for equivalent battery packs and system size, the blended savings per kilowatt hour for the STEM software is about 10 to 15% higher than some of the others. Mm. Right. And it, it simply is a software play again here. So it's how good were you at making your software and how good uh, and how much data that you have available to for the software to make the calculations and to predict how many, uh, how much savings you will be able to, to get out of your system. So, yeah, did I, did I answer your question or I went, I totally think off? so.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. that was super clear. Yeah. So you got, like you got the products, you've got inverters and panels, and you're going to pay X amount for that, you know, mm-hmm. and you can calculate system size and potential return on that. But then you really have to factor in the software component. And that's going to be a key factor in how much you're saving. That's what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I think a good parallel, though, is understanding the value of data and think of social media and how much we hate social media. But the more you go on the social media, media platforms that you use every day, um, the better they'll be able to target you ads that you're more likely to purchase a product, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you're a certain type of person, you like outdoors and, and it shows in your browsing history, you would get more ads for maybe, you know, outdoor rated shoes or whatever. Um, but if you go once or twice, the system doesn't know you and therefore it maybe is going to try to sell you a bike and you don't like right. biking. Right. So storage is kind of like that. It's like the more data it has, the more it knows about the building, the better it can make predictions about what it'll need. Got and- it.
0: Um, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about storage, uh, manufacturers, um, mm-hmm. And I think this is going to lead us to some constraint supply questions, but yeah, we are hearing that a lot of the storage manufacturers are are sold out for the rest of the year. Is, is that true? And, or should we be concerned?
1: Yes, uh, it is true that it is very hard to, or lead times are very long to get a storage system. Um, Yeah. if If you were to talk to some of the manufacturers today, they would give you a timeline that is very likely to be end of 2021 early 2022, which is essentially you know, 10 to 12 months from now. Mm-hmm. that That is a little bit of an issue because um, it, it slows down people, right? You say, oh, I don't have a product for a year. I was ready to add budgeted an expense for this year. It can slow down and make people reconsider. Let's just wait in the year. And in the year, maybe pricing will be better because storage is going through a cost decline curve. Um, so that that is a little bit annoying also when you talk to customers and they have an interest and they say okay when can when would be the delivery time frame and you say in a year you know it's not the same conversation anymore it, it slows mm-hmm. down everything and then you know like any market demand versus supply and if if there's a lot of demand not a lot of supply usually um, it, it drives pricing up right so right. you see a lot of a lot of uh, there's there's concern in the industry right and, it, and it's hard mm-hmm. therefore to talk to customers they're excited about the project and you need to break, break the news that hey sorry we're not going to deliver until january or february of next year and and that's there's a oh moment, and it's not that necessarily they go away, but it pushes them to say, "Can I find better elsewhere? Right? Uh, can right. I go talk to someone else, and maybe they'll have the batteries?" So that's what we're seeing. Um, but you know, like the whole year, I feel like uh, the whole industry is going through you know a little bit of a shortages. Right. The few things that people can do is get smart about storage, get knowledgeable, make sure they understand what it is, how to monetize, how to value things. Because, you know, the truth is, is the close rate is still... Low, and mm-hmm. so you're going to have to have a lot of conversations to get to just like a project that goes through the finish line, right? Right. So the more educated you are, the better you'll be at getting there.
0: So they could have conversations with you for the next six months about how do yeah. we do this better? How do we put make these pitches, make these proposals, go through those processes, and get better and better at it?
1: Yeah, there's that, and then you know, like six six to nine months um, of project development is not unheard of also in the industry mm-hmm. um, so it's not like they shouldn't do storage right at quite the right. contrary, they should they should get super smart they should find the customers they should find the interest in the market they should understand the, the pockets of where the market is thriving at the moment and then we should discuss those projects and we should start modeling it out on energy tool base and look at the utility bills and the interval data and say hey according to these this is your return on investment for this type of project. What do you think? How would the customer react? Let's try a different size of battery. Does that change the economics? There's also just simply looking, hey, is this building better with or without storage? There there are some uh, systems that you storage is not accretive in value, right? So you would install the solar, it would tell you, oh, it's a 15% return on investment. And you add storage to it with the cost of storage uh, versus the savings that it provides, then your return on investment becomes 12%. Mm-hmm. So how do you make a decision there, right? It's not, it's not a, a better solution for the customer. So there's a lot of things to think about. um, And it takes time, right? I've I've been discussing a storage project for the past two months with a customer and we're simply still at, hey, the modeling, what do you think? Where are we at? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? There's so many different metrics that come into play that any conversation that we can start is is better to start them as early as possible, for sure.
0: So Guillaume, that's great. Reach out to Guillaume, talk now about the projects that you want to plan, start learning. It's a great time. Uh, While the demand isn't necessarily there to to build capacity in your company. Um, Let's, let's wrap up today and talk a little bit about a big topic shortages in the industry. What what do you want to tell the audience?
1: Yeah, I think, I think um, two things shortages uh, always happen in solar, right? We've gone through wild, uh, wild rides of of the solar coaster Uh, this year, particularly with um, some ports in the, uh, US mainlands like LA most most importantly are having a hard time getting in um the tankers and because of COVID-19, you have less workers because of quarantine, some get sick, they're like they do contact tracing, the full team is out, and so on and so forth. And so therefore there is delay at the port for inbounds. So that delays everything. Mm-hmm. But then because it takes so long the containers don't come back fast enough on the other side so that they can be replenished and come back out. So there's a, a shortage of containers, which mm. increases the price of freight, right? So that's an added little wrinkle. Un- yeah, wrinkle. And we've never seen it in the solar industry. It's funny. We, we hear new things every year. Um, and then in, in addition, you know, like I think a lot of people have heard about how Enphase is going through some constraints. Um, they're working through it. And in Q2, they should, they should be good to go, which is like literally three weeks away so that's past us but there's this this microchips constraint you know like the car industry is impacted uh, because of um, how they manage their supply chain for covid they say hey we're not going to sell cars we don't need the chips and and now it's like, hey we're going to sell a lot of cars so we need all the chips we can get mm-hmm. and the chip suppliers like well we can't really produce that many right now right away and so everybody's feeling a little bit of a shortage mm-hmm. and that trickles down to other segment and other industries and Enphase was impacted and still is impacted by that. So that too is is driving the industry a little bit. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, what do I do if I use Enphase every day? Uh, so then they they go and there's a ripple effect because say okay, let me change and use another inverter provider. And that inverter provider was like, well, I didn't anticipate that many people to switch over from uh, one to another. So I'm feeling a little bit of a constraint too. You know, so right. it, it's just like a ripple effect, right? Yeah. In addition to that, we just talked about it on on the storage front. There's some sh- uh, lead time, long lead time shortages issue for lithium ion You know, on the residential front, on the commercial front. So that too is driving um, long lead time, and people should expect maybe a, a price increase potentially. But that's also a really good opportunity to plan really well, right? It it provides the savvy EPCS that have, have been in the market a good opportunity to say and go to their main suppliers and work with them and say, hey, we, there's a shortage coming in or coming up. What do you want us to do so that we have products available for our customers, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where reaching out to uh, Baywa and and the account managers or their account reps is really, really important say, hey, what is your forecasted demand for the next three, four, five months so that I know about it I can look out for you and make sure you have the product available. And because they'll have the product available, they'll be able to maybe take market share against their local competitors that didn't do that planning effort. Right. And so that, you know, and when there is a, a bad situation, there are always opportunities to to make it, to make good out of it. Yeah. And I think, I think the savvy installers will will pick up the phone or will be reached out to by their, by their account managers and, and be um told, hey, let's let's plan ahead. Let's make sure you have at least a baseline of your business. Right. Right. So I would that's I would invite
0: thing. yeah. I was just gonna say that's a key factor. You know, that's what we do really well. We help contractors yeah. plan. Uh, procure you know, and be successful. So definitely reach out to your account manager to talk about these kinds of if you have concerns about supply, uh, talk to your account manager and then you know show them your pipeline. Let's talk about how many projects you have queued up and let's get you product
1: allocated. Yeah, exactly. and you know selfishly on on the commercial front, a little plug is we're we're going to have a good amount of uh, products for and units for the uh, provide rapid shutdown right. The, there's the JMS unit from SMA that's a little bit new. There's the AP Smart unit also that is new for other inverter manufacturers. We're going to be well-stocked. We're going to have a good amount of it, and we plan really well. Uh, so if you find out that your typical supplier uh, may be out of stock for a certain amount of time or has extended lead times, it's a perfect moment to just come talk to us. You know? we we'll are yeah. happy to help you out.
0: Great. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks for taking the time today, Guillaume.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. It was awesome. I, I, I enjoy coming in. Uh, I, you can have me anytime you want.
0: Great. Um, I, the one thing I think we want might want to mention is we have an event coming up April 1st, right, with SMA?
1: That's correct. Yeah, we're going to hold a webinar with SMA. We're going to talk about their core one product, their peak three product. So it'd be commercial focused. If you're an EPC that is working in commercial, it's going to be a great event. It's going to be a conversation with uh, some of their key salespeople about the value proposition. We're going to talk about their new rapid shutdown units, the JMS uh, unit that I was just talking about prior. And then uh, we might touch on also the power-up program, the benefits it provides. So it's going to be a very interesting conversations, especially if, if, you're, not a, uh, if you're not too familiar with the SMA value proposition, come in. Uh, they're fun people. They're good to talk to and, and uh, it'll be a good good time. And it's not a joke. April yep. 1st, but it's not a joke.
0: That's right. Yeah, we'll share a link to that event in the show notes. So stay tuned for that. So yeah, again, thanks for joining us today, Guillaume. Appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Bye.